Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. They came out with two new programs, right? They got one now to help the creators get paid, and now they got another, and they got that other program that we talked about that helps the artists get paid off of the music going viral. Oh yeah, so that uh, I know uh, one of the major platforms that helps the artists get paid would be Patreon. Actually, now that we actually have a Patreon, uh, you can check it out at Patreon.com/slash/TheFloodPod. We have three new tiers, um, and. We will actually start getting raw video for the recording of each episode. I don't know how raw I'm gonna give it to y'all, um, considering Roby Wade and all of that. But <laughs> hi, Ted. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Was that an insensitive joke? You, you kind of like your face winced a little bit just now when I made that joke. You was like, Ugh. maybe. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe I like it raw. Oh baby, I like it wrong. Yeah, no. Here I go, deep type flow. Zakusto could never get this low. Ah. So TikTok will start to share ad revenue with creators in this new program that they're releasing, according to this article from The Verge. In a blog post today, the company said they're releasing a new program called TikTok Pulse which will allow ads to be specifically run alongside the top 4% of all videos on TikTok. Whoa! Right? Um, creators and publishers with at least 100,000 followers are eligible to receive a cut of the revenue when their videos are included in the uh, ad program, right? TikTok will share 50% of ad revenue from Pulse with approved creators. Sounds like we gotta get approved. Sounds like the levels of dollars from TikTokers are rising up and crashing through. This is the midnight storm with God. Well, this is the flood. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. That's that was a deep cut. Right, not a lot of y'all remember the midnight storm. You had to be riding in your car after like nine o'clock in in a specific area known as the DMV. Probably, I don't know. I feel like everybody had their own version of the quiet storm. I'm Doc. I'm Ziggy. And what do we do? We bring our pop perspective. To put the culture in context. And make the mainstream make sense. Because if we don't make sense, we don't make sense. Dollars. Holla at his TikTok. I'm trying to get verified, dog. <laughs> I guess I have to actually post the TikTok to get verified, though, don't I? Yeah, right. I, I mean, I'm doing all the heavy lifting right now on there. You, you having fun out there? You also don't have two children, right? Yeah, I also get slammed for TikTok and while driving. <laughs> I was gonna say something about it, <laughs> only because I'm a father and I'm thinking about your life, right? Like, what's your life like, dog? Hard. Do that shit in the park. My life as a straight white American male is really hard. Uh, I bet right now too, huh? 
But you like the target of a whole lot of heat right now, ain't you? <laughs> I mean, it's it's hilarious. With uh, I'm sure you saw it. The post in uh, UAL Urban Anime League. Shout out, love you guys. Where I just go. Aaron Yeager is a war criminal and would have been executed at the Nuremberg Trials. <laughs> and one of the first comments was like, yeah, I mean, technically you're right, but you're about to get roasted. You might want to change your profile picture. <laughs> and we actually ended up having some really insightful conversations in there. Speaking of insightful conversations, tell the people about some of the stuff we got going on this week. Well, some of the things we have going on this week. Dan, edit this out in the future while you pull up the docket. Well, I can tell you that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness dropped this week. I have not gone to see it. I have not gone to see it, but as my, uh, one of the people who I look at on uh, Facebook, and they always post movie reviews, they were like, it's kind of hot mids. Mm, mm, Probably like this next Kendrick album. Oh, you uh, hush! Uh, <laughs> Look, I'm I'm optimistic in a world where it's really hard to be optimistic right now. So, uh, also, rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. We'll talk about that. Uh, so, a couple bit. of major things that we know we have to talk about. Well, Dave Chappelle got attacked on stage. Ah, like, I was actually going to throw that in there, but I think everybody has heard about that. We're going to give our take amongst all the other takes, but this is the take that really matters. We are going to have to talk about Roe v. Wade. And we have some ideas on a grander, crazier scale. The two major things that really happened this week, we just dropped so casually, right? Like, oh yeah, you know, the Supreme Court is getting ready to overturn a 50-year decision. And uh, David Chappelle almost got tackled on stage. Oh, I say almost, there there was an attempt. (laughs) No, I've been holding the most important news for last. And the most important news. Daniel Radcliffe is going to star in a biopic about Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, buddy. But before we get into all of that, you know how we like to start the show off. How about we start with some history in context with This Day in History, one week from today. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. This is, so this, this day... And when you're hearing, right? yeah, not not when we are currently recording, which is a week beforehand. When this drops, the yeah. day that it drops, which is, it will be May, May the fourteenth, one week from today, this day in history. And uh, it was actually a rather boring day. How do you feel about the month of May? Do you feel like that's normally an exciting month? Do you feel like things really? Because I mean, this this week kind of what, wild. Um, well, I mean, May has Mother's Day, so it's pretty boring for me. <sighs> Happy Mother's Day, guy. Happy Mother's Day. Yikes! tomorrow's Mother's Day, by, by the way. Uh, for, for context, when we're recording this. Not when you'll be hearing this. Because um, last week's episode was Mother's Day episode. Yeah. Yeah, so technically this is the post-Mother's Day episode, but... So this day in history, one week later... To put it all in context... We're like in a time loop for you all. Uh, I'm sure somebody... Hyperbolic time chamber, training with Vegeta. Listen, listen, we better continue before we lose our new listeners. So, in 1787, delegates gather in Philadelphia to draw up the U.S. Constitution. Oh, how 
point, considering by the time the people hear this, the Roe v. Wade news will be like two weeks out. A week and a half. A week and a half. <laughs> week and a half. Uh, It'll still be all over social. Yeah, no, because clearly this is not something that's going to go down lightly. It might even stay in the news cycle longer than Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. I thought you were going to say the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, but... I mean, that. so you say that day was boring, but I feel like that's pretty important. Like, at least this being Amero-centric for a second. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I would almost venture to say that's kind of like internationally important. We, we did a, this day in history one week from today a, a while ago where we were talking about the inclusion of the Bill of Rights and you were like, yeah, that's kind of common sense and I'm like, but it was really fucking smart to write down the common sense. I mean, you say that, right? But here we are discussing something that I thought we decided 50 years ago was common sense. Well, about 40 years ago, Netherlands Institute for War Documentation publishes Anne Frank's diary. Let that sink in for a second. I mean... Like, like the people, the person who published it was the Netherlands Institute for War Documentation. Well, because it was her life as a refugee, right? Like, technically, in somebody's attic, right? Uh, I wouldn't say Anne Frank was a refugee. I feel like she was a... She was a... uh, Prisoner of war? Yeah. More or less. I feel like that's a... It's a weird gray... I mean, it's not really that weird of a gray area also. They couldn't make a single sound until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I... Listen, there are people in refugee camps that probably feel the same way. No, 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 no. Isn't it wild that they like they, soap, they Like, they, soap, their Christmas present Christmas. was a bunch of, like, soap made into shampoo. Like, old soaps. Like, made into shampoo. You mean Hanukkah presents? God damn it. You're right. Either way. I think it's wild that they were still giving each other Hanukkah presents, knowing goddamn well they had been trapped in that attic. I mean, I guess you gotta do what you gotta do to keep your spirits up, but I would've been like, hey, yo, don't even bother, dog. Like, let's just, let's just enjoy the day. I'm not even trying to receive no makeshift hair doll. Like, <laughs> I'm good on that. Handing over something that looks like Cynthia. She's right. a really cool dancer. I took my old underwear and I made them into a handkerchief. Because I know you a nasty nigga. I see what you be doing in the corner in the middle of the night. You're loud. Stop it. I'm sorry. All right. So basically, you know- all right, let's say <laughs> the reason, the, the reason that this is so important is because it is the most innocent but real documentation of what it was like to be a Jewish person in Nazi Germany at its peak and in its most extreme condition. Thank you for bringing the adult discussion back to this conversation. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not on the banned books list because um, you know Anne Frank talks about getting her period and stuff like that and 
we don't like, Oh yeah, that's another like, there, so the importance of Anne Frank's diary just as a young woman, like growing up. So, I mean, look, a lot of people will feel like I'm probably just being crass, but I bring like these things up to talk about like these were real people like trapped in that fucking attic for how long? Years. Exactly. Years. Exactly. And um, currently we are existing in a climate where... America like, could never. A certain population in this country feels like people expressing their truths is somehow offensive, right? They like to flip that idea on its head and make it seem like they are the ones being subjugated and oppressed when in fact the system is really meant to uphold their standard of living and we all have to pretend like that's not the game that's being played we're not talking about that we're talking it's the paradox of intolerance on a macro level we're talking about Anne Frank and this day in history her diary became public for everybody to read and I feel girl because what a diary to become I right. feel for that poor girl because she was murdered by a fascist regime. Also, her diary is public, dude. Come on, like. But that's why you feel for her. No. That that's why you feel obviously, bad for Aunt Frank. Obviously not. I'm just talking about the elephant in the room. It's her diary. Can you imagine? <laughs> All right. Hot take. Aunt Frank's only famous because she died young. I think you're just trying to out uh, subverse me in it's not gonna work because could you imagine like let's say I don't know uh, fucking Pompeii happened right and everything got covered in ash and a hundred years from now because it's almost been like a hundred years right yeah a little over a little over 80 <laughs> hundred years from now, uh, an advanced civilization found your diary, right? And decided to make it... It's like, you would probably... I would eat that shit alive. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I got halfway through this scenario, and I'm like, hold on, wait, think about your co-host. Yeah. (laughs) Because if they found my diary, you also have to remember that shit's gonna be beautifully written. So was Anne Frank's. So was Anne Frank's diary, right? But I'm still thinking about like a preteen girl, right, who was suffering through arguably the worst time in her life, and still staying strong, and still being a queen on top of all of that, right, and owning her experience, which is now public fodder for everybody to argue. And that's why I said I feel sorry for that poor girl, right? Because her whole life has been really reduced to... 15 years? 15 years is still a life, right? Anyway, go on. (laughs) God. They're like, who is this guy? He's like all over the fucking place morally. I can't put a (laughs) a pen in it. He's like... Just chaotic, right? He's like chaotic neutral. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going for. I don't know. I'd be like, I would go to you and be like, Aaron is a war criminal and be executed at the Nuremberg trials. And you'd be like, I don't know. I just think like a lawyer sometimes. Uh, 
this has nothing to do with making money. I'm honestly like, it's just it's just an angle that I don't feel like anybody really ever thinks about when they talk about. It's like how how violated would Anne Frank feel if she knew this happened? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like imagine instead of Greta Thunberg becoming like this uh, internet sensation and going viral for her speech. Like, imagine if like that girl had committed suicide because she felt like the environment was just going to go to shit before she could even do anything with her life and we were reading her diary, right? And that speech was in that diary instead of given at the UN Climate Summit or wherever the fuck it was given, right? Like, and not to say that she wouldn't want to have her people to hear that, but I don't know, it just feels like a violation. I mean, there's a reason Mark Twain didn't want his published until 100 years after his death. Right. Do you think Benjamin Franklin wanted us reading his fart poems? Like, or not not Benjamin Franklin, wasn't that Mozart? Or something? <laughs> I don't know. There was a lot of niggas in the past that was writing poems about farts. I just want to say that J.D. Salinger had a lot of his work uh, locked up for a long time, too. Um, <laughs> to come up with a character like Holden Coalfield, yeah, he's got some more fucked up writing, trust me. Uh, because she wrote down her experience, you know, it helped wake a lot of people up to the humanity of the people that were suffering as prisoners of war during that atrocity, right? Um, and it, you know, not only does it speak to what is going on here in America with women's rights, but it also speaks to what is currently going on in Ukraine at the moment like, and you know, even people reacting to how the pandemic went and they said this is like nazi germany well guess what everybody no it's not you know it just makes me think of you know uh fucking malala right the girl who was shot in her head for wanting to go to yeah and get educated it makes me think malala yusavi yeah and it makes me think about greta thunberg and there's an Anne Frank somewhere right now. You know what the I mean? Parkson, the the uh, what was the name? Uh, the Parkson kids from the school in Florida. Yeah. No, All of them have gone out. Like yeah. one of them led a march in Washington. Uh, another one like called out Marco Marco Rubio on stage. Yeah. Uh, oh oh the Parkland Park. Yeah Parkland yeah. shooting. Yeah. Parkland shooting kids. Yeah. Yep. It reminds us that at the heart of all of these travesties, which sometimes seem too great for even a human to comprehend everything going on, that there is a human element and everybody experiences the human existence in their own way. And it's just really unfortunately beneficial that we have an honest account of a young woman growing into herself in a fascist regime. No, you hit it on the nose, dude. Everybody has their own experience, right? And we listen to Anne Franks because it happened during one of the most pivotal points in world history up to this moment. There's a reason that all of the time when we do This Week in History, one week from today, typically there's something from World War II. I was just going to say that there's an Anne Frank everywhere. Right, like there's there's probably one in the United States right now who wants her voice to be heard, but won't until potentially it's too late. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so make sure that you 
you allow everybody to have their voice. And on that note, I think we're going to take a little break. No, nah, what you just said about Sarah Silverman. Nah, say, say that again. Say that again for the people. I don't feel like it's fair to talk about on the podcast considering the subject matter we have to talk about today. <laughs> but I guess to the point is, right, you can't just be pretty and funny, right? Because we was talking about how, you know, funny women are pretty. Yeah. Like Regina Hall, Anna Faris. Uh, I, I have Tina Fey. I have a thing for Tina Fey. Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, like, you know, funny, funny women is. I got, I got a special heart. If you can make me laugh. I mean, it's like right? why women are like, I like funny guys. Yeah. It's same. Same. I like funny girls. Yeah. Right. Funny women. But <laughs> I was telling Zig how I used to have a crush on Sarah Silverman. No disrespect to Sarah Silverman, but her. <sighs> One of the last times she was on the Bill Maher show, and I don't know if she's been back on Bill Maher show because I don't watch Bill Maher no more. Fuck Bill uh, Maher. Yeah. I won't say fuck Bill Maher because we share the same birthday. I also share the same birthday with, um, God damn it, what was uh, Trump's... Kellyanne Conway? Yes. Yes. Me, Kellyanne Conway, and Bill Maher all share the same birthday. Oh, excuse me. Um... Not to put myself in the same circle with all of these people, but me, <laughs> me, Bill Maher, <laughs> Kellyanne Conway, and Jeffrey Epstein all share the same birthday. If y'all were drinking together, I would fucking leave. <laughs> I hate all of those people. Every single last one of them. It makes me so ashamed that we all share the same birthday. Right. If you four were locked in a room with a typewriter, you'd eventually write the I Magna Carta. Everybody <laughs> to death with the typewriter, dude. It would just, they would come back in the room and it would be a bloody fucking mess because I beat everybody to death in their sleep. There is no way I am going to share the same world with those people. They're all Yo, trash humans. Imagine this, imagine this. You're all at a, like, this is like a squid game type thing. It's like the final four of you, right? You're all sitting in like, all white room and chairs at the corner and you're just like there's a gun in the middle table with one bullet you all have to decide and you don't even let the person finish you no. run to the gun shoot shoot someone and then beat the other two in the head with the fucking gun and then the guy who's there is like well that wasn't how it was intended no. I can tell but I suppose that works I shoot Jeffrey Epstein right because I feel like he's the only person that can actually put up a fight and then I beat Bill Maher to death with the gun because I feel like after that, Kellyanne Conway's not gonna want the smoke, right? Like, there's no way Kellyanne Conway's gonna watch me shoot Jeffrey Epstein and then beat Bill Maher to death in front of her. She kind of yeah. looks like the girl from The Ring, though, except blonde. So maybe she, maybe that's like the reverse Super Saiyan where she like powers up and her hair goes all black. Also, Bill Maher is probably petty enough to, like, hear this podcast or, like, have it brought to him by an intern. And, and then invite us on the show? Yeah, to be like, hey, why do you want to beat me? Like, I liked your show, Bill, but... You're a douche. A stubborn douche. I can handle a douche, right? Like, no. You have been a douche since you slicked your hair back, Bill. That's not even the point. Like, it's this. But it's true. It's this self-righteous Don't tell me it's true, though. 
I agree that the nigga was a douche. It's the self-righteous stubbornness of his douchery that bothers me, right? He's so... He's one of... It's like that South Park joke where, like, they moved to... Uh, remember when they moved to San Francisco and everybody was, like, farting in the wine glasses and sniffing their own farts at the party? <laughs> right. That's, that's what the Bill Maher show is to me now. It is literally Bill Maher sniffing his own farts for a fucking hour. Mm, and yes, I, <laughs> please. Tell me how smart I am, guests. While he also, like, you know, rants and jerks off about fucking Islamophobia. Right? Like, I can't, I can't deal with, oh, now it's fucking, like, pussy liberals and shit, right? I guarantee you, if Bill Maher walks into a mosque, he's not talking to anybody unless they talk to him first. Uh, have you seen Religious Lists? Like, (laughs) come on now. God, it's almost like he wanted to be, uh, who's the dude that does Borat? Sasha Baron Cohen? Yeah, it's almost like... He was trying to pull Sasha Baron Cohen, but being a douche about it, <laughs> right? You also can't be Sasha Baron Cohen if you're out once a week. The reason that Sasha Baron Cohen's stuff is like the way it is, and it's actually kind of like seen as like social commentary and not just Sasha Baron Cohen being a douche, is because he doesn't do it that often. Bill Maher's just a douche. I don't think he... I didn't think he was, though, when I first listened to him, right? Like, I felt like Bill Maher... I felt the same way about Bill Maher that I felt about Kevin Samuels' recipes, right? Like, when Kevin Samuels first came out, he got viral for his clips of, like, roasting people, right? Like, Kevin Samuels was, like, a black version of um, Bill Maher mixed with, like, Howard Stern mixed with uh, Dr. Phil, right? Like, and so Kevin Samuels passed away this week, right? And it was confirmed by his mother a couple of days ago because the rumor was so wild because the dude seemed like fairly healthy and everything, right? Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the clips of Kevin Samuels that went viral, right? But this dude would straight up like tell people how it is, right? And he went, or how he saw it, right? I won't say how it is because a lot it of sounds people. like he, the way he saw it had some pretty universal appeal, though. Yeah, uh, it also had some pretty controversial appeal, right? Uh, a lot of people saw him as a person who gained fame off of tearing black women down, right? Because black... Oh, women, like Future. One of the last things he did before he passed was had... That's the dude that Future was talking to when he told... Uh, Kevin Samuels asked Future, how much money do you spend on women? And that's when he came out. And oh, my admitted, Lord. Yeah, that was to Kevin Samuels, right? Like, um, And he's like a relationship guru. Like I said, he was a brand manager or something like that. Like, yeah. Almost like a PR consultant beforehand. Um, and I don't, don't quote me on that. I might be... Like I said, I can't remember exactly what it was that he did. All I know is he got famous for doing these, like, uh, these live streams where people would call in and they would ask him for advice. And a lot of times it was relationship advice, right? And uh, one of the things he went viral for was uh, he called women over 35 who weren't married leftover women, right? Like, yeah. So Kevin would say some pretty spicy shit, right? But Kevin Samuels also uh, went viral for coining the phrase like high-valued man, right? Where he took to a lane where he wanted 
black men to get real about what they bring to the table, right? Like, you know, because we're existing in a time right now where... That seems kind of beta male. Feel me? You say that, right? But we're existing in a time right now where a lot of men feel... And this is this is hard to talk about considering what's going on with Roe v. Wade and stuff right now. But this is what I feel like Kevin Samuels was trying to get at. Right, and he was using controversy the same way a Ben Shapiro would, or like a Kanye would, right? Or even like a Drake would, right? He was using the controversy of keeping it real with people. Like, you know, you have women who are in their late 40s and they conduct themselves like a high profile person but don't bring high profile value right like they value themselves like high profile excuse me they value themselves high profile right but he was like okay so what do you do a lot of times he would be like okay so what do you bring to the table you say you're high profile so what is it that you really have right because Women would call him being like, you know, I just want a man that's really going to take me and spoil me and treat me the way how I feel I need to be felt. And Kevin's like, okay, so what do you have? Like, what are you bringing to the table that's going to make a man want to spoil you? And she's like, well, you know, I have two kids and two baby daddies. And Kevin would say wild shit like, okay, well, how much do you weigh? Right? <laughs> right? Like, and that's where women, people didn't like that shit. It rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but I felt like that here's the difference between what I feel like uh, Kevin was bringing and what Bill Maher is bringing, right? To bring it all back to the surface is Kevin was keeping it real with people in the way that keeping it real can go wrong. Like, when you tell somebody about themselves, they're not going to fucking like it, dude. And a lot of people don't, didn't like it, right? A lot of it, I didn't. It rubbed me wrong a lot of the time. So, right? how do you think Kevin Samuels would compare to like the uh, the South African DJ that had? Um... Oh no, they're leagues apart. They are leagues apart. Kevin was a real professional, right? Like, I don't ever think that Kevin was actually intending to hurt people's feelings. And I got that after watching a couple of his live streams, right? Like, you see the clips. Right? And the clips look mean-spirited as fuck. Right? It looks like he's trying to roast people. Right? But what I think Kevin was doing was trying to make people... To bring people back to reality. There is a part of this new culture that's coming up, right? That tends to gaslight people. Into thinking that they can achieve things that they are either not ready to achieve yet. Or just entirely not capable of achieving. And... It's hard to come to that conclusion, and this is coming from somebody who, once again, believes that anything is possible. Donald Trump became president, right? <laughs> but it, what, what you're saying is you want a man that makes over 100K a year and is going to take you out whenever you want to be asked to go out and all that stuff, but you coming to the table with four kids and four baby daddies and you know you want a man who is over 6'4 and goes to the gym and takes care of himself but you sit on the couch and don't do nothing but watch real husbands or real housewives and shit like that. Like, You're chasing a pipe dream. And that's what Kevin would tell people, right? And like people didn't fucking like that, son. But I do think that he 
I don't think it was as malicious as people may have intended or may have assumed it was, mm-hmm. right? I don't necessarily like his approach, right? Like I, I he sounds al- he sounds almost lawyer like. Kinda, and like I said, I do feel that sometimes he was mean spirited. Like the but- way you phrased that one question, where you were just like, "Well, how much do you weigh?" It's almost like he's building parameters around all of this. So before he even comes, because that's not a real question to like start a debate. That's gathering facts. Yeah, no. Th- so th- like- that's exactly. <clears throat> but if you go back and you watch some of his live streams, you will see that that's what he's tra- he's trying to understand what it is to help these people understand and as i said i i do feel and agree with people who felt like it could be mean-spirited sometimes but i also think that that was the business right like you don't go viral a lot of the times being nice to people right like even the people who are nice to people and go viral it's like the people who uh give homeless people money and shit like it's like, why you got a videotape? Just fucking do it, right? Like, when you do a nice shit, it's like, that, that's my point. Like, controversy sells and Kevin knew that, right? So what What do you put out? The shit where you roast people and you bring people down a couple of times. I mean, it's the same reason I tried to get our last episode flagged for COVID. Was just to see if we could get picked up by the algorithm yeah. and flagged for COVID. Well, it should work for Kevin, but um, unfortunately, what didn't work for Kevin something offensive. Uh, Yikes! Rest in peace, Kevin. Um, I do think that, you know, that was something, or that was a personality that we we missed out on. Right? I I don't think he got to live up to his full potential there. Um, And I do think that he is misinterpreted. Unlike Johnny Depp. (laughs) Right, um, I think Kevin Samuels is misunderstood. I, however, think Johnny Depp is just as manipulative as Amber Heard says he is. Now, if everybody looks very closely, you can see strings descending from the ceiling and moving with each actor in the theater. I think I'm gonna lose a lot of fans this episode. <laughs> Because I'm just here to keep it real with y'all this week. Um, so are we going with Dr. Thomas? Is it? Do you feel like this is a Dr. Thomas moment? I mean, or? I always wonder, do you like Dr. T's or Dr. Thomas? I Dr. T's has a ring. It does. Dr. Thomas, though, sounds... Powerful. <laughs> it sounds powerful. How about this? We'll have, like, tears. It'll be, like, Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan 2... Going full Dr. Thomas on this one. All right, so uh, Dr. Thomas. Um, I don't even feel like this is Dr. Thomas, right? I just feel like this is more like fucking. Do- like Dr. T's, then. Dies? Like Doc Oz, but not like. Renee Doc. Renee Doc Um. Doc Terre? Docule. John Doc? Docule Poirot? No. No. Um, I think we're good with Dr. T's and Dr. Stottle. Dr. Stottle. Listen, what I'm not good with is y'all pretending like Johnny Depp is such a fucking victim. I'm so tired of it, son. I am tired 
of this trial. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. This whole thing is disgusting and it should not be such a public, like, uh, what's the word? Affair. It should not be such a public affair. Well, here's the thing. There's, it taps on three things people love. Ready? Ready. Celebrities. Okay. Especially ones that are so, Salacious like... celebrity news, yes. We, that's why we have tons of tabloids across the entire globe. High-profile legal cases. Is this a high-profile... I don't feel like it should be a high-profile... Oh, you mean high-profile because of the clientele. Uh, not only that, but because of the media attention. Okay. Uh, like, for starters, this is a terrible comparison because the scale of what was going on in one case is drastically different than the other, but let's go with, like, the Casey Anthony or the George Zimmerman wow. trial. The ones that are literally everybody is watching. I feel like those deserve to be watched. Exactly! Even now, here's my point. Cry. Here's my point. People also love relationship gossip when they're that's not it. involved. That's it. Right? It doesn't matter if it's a celebrity or not. So I said it. Now it is a celebrity. I if this it. was... If, look. If it was a really super sloppy murder case, it would probably still get attention. That's. I feel like that's more worthy of attention than this is, right? Yeah. Because I feel like what this started out as was... It looked like a Me Too case, right? But as it progresses, it looked like it was false victim blaming, right? If I'm using, if that makes sense. Um, but now as it continues to evolve, I really feel like this is a super sloppy breakup we're all watching it. Oh we yeah. All had those friends who made their breakup everybody else's problem, and that's exactly what this case is. Been there, done that. <laughs> this is we are watching. So, like I said, whether it's Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, or Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, right, or Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, I don't feel like at this point with what's going on in the country. Any of that shit should be public news, right? Or not public news, but such a, I don't feel like- Focus any, of public attention? Yes, there we go. I don't feel like any of that should be the focus of public attention. Regardless of whether Amber Heard shit on Johnny Depp's bed or not, which I still find absolutely fucking weird. <laughs> whether Johnny Depp had a jar of cocaine or not. <laughs> which I find absolutely fucking hilarious. Can you just imagine Captain Jack Sparrow walking around his house? I've got a jar of blow. I've got a jar of blow. Can you not see Johnny Depp doing that? Oh, I can 100% see Johnny Depp Thank doing you. that. Okay, so here I, Look, he he may call the Rolling Stone hit uh, Rolling Stone interview a hit piece. But that reporter was hanging out with you, dude. 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 <laughs> here's my point. And here's what I want everybody else to Johnny Depp is the more high-profile client in this case, right? Definitely. I am, this is, let me preface this by saying that this is not me saying that men cannot be victims of abuse. 
that men cannot be victims of false accusations. What I am saying here is that Johnny Depp is a very privileged white male who enabled Amber Heard's crazy ass the entire fucking time and is now dragging her through the dirt because she tried to embarrass her. The equivalent of screenshotting the DMs. That, that Washington Post op-ed is the equivalent of screenshotting and posting DMs. Johnny Depp is somebody who drove to Hollywood, lived in his car because he wanted to become a rock star, and ended up becoming a movie star on accident and loathes every second of it. But he likes Captain Jack Sparrow. No, he doesn't. He doesn't want to do it anymore. And the fans really want him to do it. And guess what? He's so petty because Disney fired him He's not going to do it anymore, right? Johnny Depp admitting to keeping Amber Heard from doing, uh, kind of admitted to keeping Amber Heard from doing certain movie roles where she would, you know, have to do nude scenes or sex scenes and stuff like that. Somebody whose career was like blooming, right? Like Johnny Depp was already solidified. He had done fucking Edward Scissorhands and movies with Leonardo DiCaprio and like, come, come the fuck on, right? Like Johnny Depp was making right and could could bankroll amber heard not moving forward in her career okay so, so no. well, i want to say something here go ahead go ahead if you go look ahead. at the if you look at the career arc of i mean this is unfortunate a lot of very famous actresses they have that little stint where they basically become like sex symbols for like two or three movies but that's how they build their careers. Exactly. And, um, it, it and if Johnny was cutting her off of those roles. Yes. So, and it sucks to have to say that, but that's just the way that it works. Right? Yeah. Um, in this system, I'm not agreeing with that having to be the way that it works. But it's but part of the Hollywood machine. In reality here, like Johnny keeping her from doing those kinds of roles made her hard to work with in the industry. Like, all right, so I'll take... clinical psychologist say she had split personality disorder or whatever? Yeah, I'm sure that made her fucking hard to work with, too. But I'm also saying that Johnny knew full and well what he signed up for. (laughs) Come on, son. He was digging all into that crazy shit, right? Like, I'm trying not to be too crass, but let's keep it a band with you. At any point in time, Johnny could have kicked this bitch out of his fucking life, son. Yeah. Any point in time, the first time they argued in a fucking restaurant that Johnny could never go back in because she embarrassed the shit out of him, he could have been like, "Get the fuck out of my mansion!" Right? When she shit, when a bitch shits on your bed. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get the fuck off my boat. When she. <laughs> Get the fuck off my boat. Natalie Wood. Okay, so you'll get that when you go back to. I want to say, just like I said earlier, let's look at Jennifer Lawrence for a second. Jennifer Lawrence has all of the, like, she is an Oscar now. Great fucking actress. But if we look at Jennifer Lawrence early on, I mean, she has those couple of, like, sex symbols movies Dude, before she got movie? into the Hunger Games. What was that movie she just did um, where she was, like, the Russian spy or whatever it was? Red Sparrow or some shit like yeah. that? Yeah. Like, there's a very graphic, like, rape scene in that movie, dude. But I'm saying, like, she doesn't have to do those types. But she had to. That's my point. For that movie. But I'm... I'm... What the fuck did Jadakiss say? Why the hell he had to let a white man pop it and get an Oscar? 
Like, come on, dude. Come on, dude. I'm telling you that the, the first time a bitch shits on my bed, it's going to be the last time I talk to that bitch, dog. What are you, are you kidding me? You throw her out like fucking, throw her out like Uncle Phil with jazz. Johnny Depp enabled her the whole way through and did not care until she tried to embarrass him in front of everybody in the nation and cost him the Fantastic Beast and the Pirates of the Caribbean. And like, just like, kind of like the Batman proxy theory, he has the resources to just let it happen. It would basically be just like a raging bull inside of a, like a ring. That's what's happening now. It's like he can, con like he can control the bull as long as it's in the ring. That's what's happening now. If you don't now the bull is in the stands. It's a king. Yeah, it's in a court, right? Like, and he's got Disney lawyers. I'm not allegedly. Not, I'm not saying he has Disney lawyers, right? But he has Disney fucking connections, dude. What the fuck does Amber Heard got? A terrible lawyer. lawyer. I did a better job at defending Amber Heard just now than her lawyer is doing. Amber, holla at me. All right, so <laughs> go on. Break down your insanity defense here it, for me. Her Look, this, she should have... That, that's what I was saying. When the clinical psychologist said that her test came back as her having, like, split fucking personality disorder, her lawyer should have called a fucking audible right then and there and was like, lean into that shit, bitch. Are you kidding me? They just gave us the key, right? <laughs> the, the, the whole key, son. Johnny knew I was crazy. He's seen I was crazy. He kept me in the house. Oh my God, you actually kind of have me convinced? With the conviction that you just said that? Son, get the fuck out of here, dude. Now, the it's thing is, it's like, Amber, like, even if they had proposed that to Amber, like, the insanity defense would still be career suicide. Putting that op-ed out was career suicide. That's fair. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying, I'm not defending Amber. So, at that point, you're just like, look, you already lost, like, you might as well not get, you know... You might as well not get the field salted. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, no, her lawyer is absolutely like burning the field. <laughs> like, no, it, it's it's terrible. But what I'm saying is, they are both toxic people. And the entire time, while the rest of the internet is loving Johnny Depp's reaction to this shit, it's so cringe to me, right? Because people are making it seem like he's the real victim here, and I'm like, that's not how victims behave. I, I said something before we were recording. Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp can act like Johnny Depp better than Amber Heard can be herself. Better than Amber Heard can act like a victim? No, better than Amber Heard can act like a victim or even be herself. Johnny Depp can play the part of Johnny Depp. Did you not hear the part where the clinical psychologist said she doesn't know who she is, she has split personality disorder? She can't act like herself because she doesn't know who she... She's a bitch's moon knight. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Depp was in a fucking relationship with moon knight. <laughs> and she shit on his bed, son. And we are watching two toxic people but be I, petty in court. Johnny Depp can act like Johnny Depp better than Amber Heard can play the victim. There you go. Listen... <laughs> I just want you all to stop pretending like Johnny Depp is the sweetheart. Will Smith is right there. <laughs> he 
He needs y'all support. I'm afraid. I'm really afraid for Will, y'all. Like, Alright, hold on. This is a lighthouse freed, update. We freed Brittany. Now we have to go set Will free. Free Willie. Free hashtag free Willie. Alright, hold on. I have a lighthouse update. In an old episode, Lighthouse Update, the episode Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the time mark about 21 minutes even. I'm gonna drop the audio of what Doc said about Will Smith. We're gonna put it in reverse! Do we get a Will Smith diss track where he actually curses? It's been so long, I don't think that Will, it would take a lot to make Will curse. If listening to Jada talk about sucking August Alcina's dick didn't make Will Smith cuss, <laughs> August Alcina, never mind. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a take that has not aged rather well. But we admit we were wrong. And now we're really concerned for Will. I feel like it did age well because it took a lot. It right? did take a lot. It took it, a lot. It took like, it took the Red Table Talk and the Oscars. It and him doing the I'm in the worst shape of my life. This is what I'm saying, right? Like it looks like it was just the Chris Rock joke. And that episode came out over a year ago. What I'm saying is it wasn't just the Chris Rock joke. It was. Uh, there's clearly something going on with Will. Hashtag Free Willy. Hashtag Free Willy and hashtag... Are we just going to go with Free Willy? Yeah. All right. Or, you know... Leave Will alone is good, too. Hashtag Leave Will alone is perfectly fine. The man is in India. Stop talking about him. He tried to pull a Dave Chappelle, but Will Smith is way too famous to disappear. Especially in India, right? Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? The fuck he'd have been better off going to the Dominican Republic, right? I, I don't think they would have even reported that. Like, Will Smith goes to the Dominican Republic to think about slapping Chris Rock in the face. I mean, New Zealand. That's another cool one. Honestly, I feel like I want to go to New Zealand. Just all the things I hear about New Zealand, I'm like, you know what? They got that right. They, know, they did that good. Do you really want to go to New Zealand? Or do you just want to take a break? So I feel like I literally have to be right over top of the microphone, which is fine for me, but it just means I'm not going to be able. Also, I have to stop like swinging and shit all when I talk, like yeah, that, the rocket back and forth thing. It's not a big issue for me. No, because you project more than I do, I guess. No, I just love but... the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Why do you think I edit? It is weird though, like the whole like, like you the the whole you sound different than you like you, you hear, hear yourself hear different. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. No, and I'm... people are like, God, I don't know why that is. It's because you're hearing yourself and like you're actually hearing like the vibrations inside of your head. It also depends on the room you're in, right? Yeah. Like, when you're in the bathroom, you can really hear yourself. I'm way more nasally than I ever thought I actually was. I'm sorry for the people who have to talk. to <laughs> you know who I'm not sorry for? Isaiah Lee. Why? Why on earth would you think it was okay 
in the middle of, do you know how big the Hollywood Bowl is? It's rather large. That is a very large venue. What, like over 10,000 people, right? It's like, yes. Uh, that's probably, is it true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, okay, so that wasn't hyper. Very, very large venue. Yeah, no. Um, also, can we talk about how fucking inconvenient that is for somebody who had to pay for the cheap seats? Like, the Hollywood Bowl is terrible for stand-up. And I know I'm not the first person to say that, but I just want to make it clear that if you bought cheap tickets to go see Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl, you might be just as big of a fucking idiot as Isaiah. Right? Um, and I say that to say this. Dave Chappelle is not Chris Rock. Hollywood Bowl capacity is 17,500. 17,500? Mm-hmm. That's a small city. I I think that's like a town. I think you really over-exaggerate how many people make up I things. Think, um, you would be surprised what the people in Oklahoma call a city. They have a basketball team. Uh-huh. And I bet you their stadium is probably just as big as the fucking Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> I mean the Hollywood, like I said, Hollywood Bowl is a very big venue. That's that's Wait, a little that's less a big, than an NBA you say arena. That's a big basketball arena. It's that's like a that's a small basketball arena. Ah. A big one would seat twenty five to thirty thousand people. Everything in perspective, people. Everything in perspective. Um, no. Also, it's probably a little more than half the size of Madison Square Garden. Also, Dave Chappelle is not Chris Rock. <laughs> Listen. Chris Rock talks regularly about how he used to get jumped and shit like that all the time. And apparently, and listen, that nigga knows how to dodge a slap. Um, also, how to eat a punch, apparently. Madison Square Garden seats uh, 20,789 people. So it's a little so smaller little than Madison Square Garden. Dave Chappelle, however, is not for the shits, right? Like, <laughs> this nigga went to Africa, came back, and got buffed. Yeah. Son, like... And still smoke cigarettes. And still, still smoke cigarettes. He like, actually talked about that on an interview. They were like, so you ever get like worried about the smoking thing? And he's just like, I mean, it may improve my quality of life. I don't know if it'll improve the length of my life. He's like, yeah, I'd probably be able I to get up. Clip. Like, I I'd probably be able to get upstairs without, you know, catching my breath. But I really like smoking a cigarette. So I feel it. Right, but I quit because I don't like being winded when I work the fuck out. Right, like I imagine having to. Now, see, here's the scenario. Right, like I quit smoking cigarettes because I imagine having to, you know, really like go to work on a motherfucker. Right, and, uh, but yeah, no. If you really like getting into some Fight Club shit, right, like I don't want to be winded halfway through getting up to defend my lady because ain't everybody gonna get as lucky as fucking Will Smith, right? Like, you don't get the... This ain't fucking the 1918, nigga. You can't just walk up and smack a motherfucker in the face and challenge him to a duel, right? Like, if you gonna challenge a nigga to a duel, you better be ready. You get shot out here. <laughs> the fuck? The fuck? He's lucky this was at a suit and tie event. So, let me... Let me... Hold on. No, hold on, because... Because... What I'm really getting at is what would make somebody want to run up on stage and attack a person who did <laughs> somebody who did three specials 
who was like pretty much like I don't give a fuck what y'all think right he did three specials to tell kind of like four to tell people he doesn't really give a fuck what they think and Isaiah Lee thought it would be a good idea to psych no it turns out so Dave went to go talk to this dude right and it turns out that um it had nothing to do with Dave. It was a dare, wasn't it? No, it wasn't a dare. Um, Isaiah does not seem to be well mentally. Um, and I think Dave kind of gathered that because what would, what would make you want to run up on Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl in front of like 15,000 people, right? And get stomped the fuck out like that? <laughs> the fuck? Oh, man. Uh, so Dave went to go talk to this lady, and it turns out that he was trying to bring attention to himself so he could speak about his grandmother getting kicked out of her apartment because of gentrification. Oh, wow. That's going to be in the next Dave stand-up. I'm sure Dave is talking about... Goddamn. I'm sure Dave is talking about that shit now, right? Like, him and Chris Rock are still doing this Netflix shit. Uh, well, and not only that, Chappelle's show. just, like, addicted to doing stand-up. He yeah. does it all the time. Didn't they say he showed up at the comedy store and did, like, three hours? Yeah, he goes to open mic nights. Like, the same type of open mic night that you and I could theoretically go sign up for. And get fucking washed out by Dave Chappelle. <laughs> forgotten about because of Dave Chappelle. And you know what? We'd be just working out material, so that'd be fine. I'd be fine with it. Um, and what I'm not fine with is... I don't... Uh, Alright, I made the joke on Twitter that I, you know, this better not become a trend. And now that I have more contextual information to what exactly happened here, I don't think it's gonna become a trend. Right, like, I don't think, and you know, all the people who are making the takes of, like, oh, Will Smith got y'all thinking it's okay to run up on comedians and stuff. I don't think that that's gonna happen. Kevin Hart said that this needed to happen. <laughs> so that people understood that they couldn't do shit like that. But when I hear, you know... That's not the worst take in the world. No, it's not. But when I hear exactly why um, Isaiah Lee did this shit, it really does seem like, it almost seems like some made-for-TV movie shit. Well, I mean, that's the... Right, that's where the, like, like, I'm gonna save my grandmother from getting kicked out of her house by going to fist fight this comedian. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's also, if you think about it, it's, it's really the day and age that we are. Like, you just have to go viral. It doesn't matter yeah. what you go no, viral that's for. That's exactly what he was thinking, probably, on the inside. And I don't know if that's the reason why I would call him mentally ill, because I agree with that. I mean, honestly, if you really want to stir up some shit... You make Go viral once, then it. make a right. second video. Yeah. Uh, where you convince that you indoctrinate everybody into believing the fucking earth is flat. Oh my god, right? So it turns out that Dave Chappelle wasn't attacked by a trans person for his last three stand-up specials. Uh, this person is actually mentally ill and, you know, was... had his heart in the right place, I guess? Uh, Pick the wrong target. He, you know, if he was trying to save his grandmother, I can't be mad at him for that, but... It definitely does sound like some 
made-for-TV movie type shit. That's what I'm saying. You fly all the fucking way from New York, because he lived in New York. Like, I want to say his grandmother lived in Brooklyn, right? Don't quote me on that. But what I'm saying is he flew a long way and bought a ticket to a Dave Chappelle show so he could save his grandmother from getting kicked out by trying to whoop Dave Chappelle's ass, which... Uh, with the wrong way people keep saying he looked like a uh, fucking action figure that somebody took apart and put back together the wrong way oh my and god I, I want y'all to know y'all wrong for that I was listening to I was listening I to um Bill Burr's podcast and he was like yo dude, you, the way he looked he looked you ever seen Toy Story he looked like the way the neighbor Sid would play with his toys you almost sounded like Bill Burr just Nah, dog. Like they, they, they stomped the fuck out that man. Something like it was. It's almost unnecessary, but it's not though. Cause I mean, they never say you don't stop doing things you've never done before, and I've never gotten to stop someone out at a comedy show. So the like charges of felony assault got dropped um, because his gun knife was in his gun blade. Oh my god! <laughs> He's running in like squall. Final Fantasy VIII. His gunblade was tucked in the backpack, right? So it wasn't even really a part of the actual assault. So. Oh, so he has to open the menu and equip that shit? <laughs> Yo, I can't. Um, but I thought it was cool that Dave went to... See, that's, that's what proves... That's what sets Dave apart from, like, the people who are championing the... Uh, social justice warrior PC culture not pe- like the people who are opposing them right like Dave went to go talk to this man and will literally talk about this man <laughs> for the next couple of weeks but he actually went to talk to him and see what would possess somebody to do that right like Tucker Carlson ain't gonna do that nah. Ben Shapiro ain't gonna do that Bill Maher ain't gonna do that. And you know what the thing is? Is I'm not surprised that Dave did that. No, because Dave is a real one. He's done stuff like that before. Dave is a real one. As much as... And that's why I... Listen, despite all the jokes that he made and shit, that's why I still stand behind him being a comedic genius. Absolutely. Absolutely. Other people who want to qualify themselves as geniuses. (laughs) You got a cough there. (laughs) Down to two. <laughs> Listen, Lighthouse update. Ain't nobody fucking talking about Donda two. Yeah, no. Kanye not at all. didn't want anybody to listen to Donda two, right? Uh, not unless you was gonna buy a two hundred dollars player. Get the fuck out of here, Kanye. I got the sent the MP three file of it, and you want to know the thing is that would have required me to download the MP three. I, I I was looking for leaks. I couldn't find any. Nobody cared. I think I sent it to you because you didn't open it because you also didn't care. It must not have been that fucking good. He didn't want anybody to listen to this shit. The fuck? What the fuck kind of bullshit is that? I'm sorry. That was like the dumbest marketing idea in marketing. Yeah, the complete opposite of Super Smash Brothers. I was talking with Periwinkle earlier this week. We were going hiking, right? And he's like, yeah, it's the last Super Smash Brothers. I'm like, are you kidding me? Even if Sakurai doesn't do it, you think Nintendo is going to stop making them? Yeah, why would they ever? It's look, 
Nintendo hit gold. Nintendo hit gold with two properties. They can ride Super Smash Brothers and Pokemon until the world ends. I mean, how long have they been putting out Street Fighter games? Since like the 80s? Yeah, at least since Super Nintendo. But I mean, like the other thing is, is like Super Smash Brothers. You know what will keep it alive? The rest of pop culture. Mm. You know what pop culture is keeping alive right now? That 70s show. Uh, that 70s show has garnered so much cult, iconic fame. Right? I mean, it's almost like it's the uh, that 70s show is like the show where everybody was like, oh, you watched that too? To the most people. Does that make sense? Well, they're bringing it back, my nigga, except for 20 years in the future. So get ready for that 90s show. Yes, that's right. That 90s show with the original cast. I'm concerned about something. I feel like that 70s show might have been hilarious to us because we didn't actually live in the 70s. This has potential to be super cringe. I feel like the fact that the show took place in the 70s almost had nothing to do with the show. Other than the restrictions of the references that they could make, and I felt like that made it a better show. I also realized that that 70s show takes place in a nondescript year of the 70s. Exactly because they've definitely referenced different episodes or different movies of the Star Wars movie. And I think they even referenced Return of the Jedi, which came out in 1983. I'm gonna have to check into that, right? Like I can't speak to that right now, but all I can speak, but what I can tell you is, is that Netflix has signed off on a spinoff series that will be starring the original cast. Um, Mila, Ashton, well, I mean, they're gonna go together. Yeah, no. And they better be fucking married in the show. No, actually, it would be funnier if they're not married in the show. Look, you wanna, look. The Entertainment Weekly article I have up right now even gives you, like, a first look at, like, Red and Kitty. Is that them now? In that 90s show, yes. Oh, wow, they look the exact same. I mean, Red definitely got the grays though, right? And now he's got glasses. Did he have glasses before? No, but I mean, he more or less looks the same. Danny Masterson, who played Hyde, will not be returning um, because- For obvious reasons. Yeah. His, all of his sexual assault allegations. The rape cases. So let's just assume that Hyde died of an overdose in the eighties. Three counts of, I feel like that, or maybe like early nineties, you know. Yeah, no, it's totally plausible. No, we'll say the eighties just to completely clear it. He was during the crack epidemic that CIA caused. I feel like his his overdose. Hi Ted. Nineties grunge. And he fits the punk rock type of person to overdose. In nineties grunge era. They might do an episode on that for drug awareness. All right, Netflix, call us in. We need to write for this. The opioid crisis. Yeah, they could do a whole fucking drug crisis. Like, say, say, um, they catch. Yeah, no, 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 no. We'll say, we'll say, Foreman catches his teenage son with blow. I guess they will have kids at this point, right? Because it's twenty years. Ah, oh, God. So wait, hold on. No, because they were. This is probably going to be like they, real life family. The series guys. ended up with them going off to college, right? Like everybody went off to college. 
Eric went off to college, then Donna went off to college, and then the show just became weird. So they'll be in their early 40s, more than likely. Damn, I guess so, right? Yeah, because I guess they're all in, like, their early 40s, right? Oh, uh, so is this going to be, like, is this going to be, like, uh, I was going to say the iCarly reboot, right? Where Imagine if broken. all of the That 70 Show characters were Pokemon trainers, and now they show up and they are like, look at my Pokemon team, except they're, like, children. Hot take. This is Fuller House. But for people who like this Five the I feel like this will be better than Fuller House because, because they'll have to rely less on Jody Sweet and Sticks. I was gonna say because the 70s show was better than Full House, but there's a lot of people who get mad I will agree with that begrudgingly. <laughs> like, I will agree with that, but feel hurt in doing it. <laughs> Because uh, Family Matters was better. But. Family Matters was better. <laughs> Rapper DBG was just called out on Twitter for, uh, you know, posting the hot take that today's rappers are 10 times better and people don't listen to Biggie and Tupac. Now, you have numbers to back up the second part. But the first part, I definitely disagree with. I'm going to take this analogy. For the longest time, we would get the best of the best because they were the ones that were able to just come through the production funnel, right? And then all of a sudden, the music industry started loading a shotgun up and SoundCloud happened. So, in defense of DDG, he said that, you know, he's got respect for the older generation of hip-hop. He understands how they paved the way and really created the craft and the form. But his argument was that today's beats and production value are way better. The creation and the level of song structure is better today. I think that for sure, because they were just, they've been freed mechanically, electronically, digitally. Like, they can just literally produce more sounds than they used to. So do you think, with that being said, do you think that if you took, like, a Rock Him and you allowed him a SoundCloud and a garage band, do you think that he could do what Kendrick is doing now? Yeah. You totally, that's... I'm not arguing with you, but the fact that you really just was like, no, absolutely. Like, no, I mean, I agree too. Rakim did the absolute pinnacle of what he could do given the the mechanical, digital, and electronic limitations of his time. I really think that that needs to be taken into consideration when it comes to old school hip hop. Like, because a lot of and basketball. is considered corny nowadays, right? But when you look at the limits of what they could do. Then. You didn't and have they, a mixing board. They, you had two records. They really pushed the limits of what they could do back then, right? Like You had two records and the ability to stop the record from playing. That's what you had to make a beat. Oh, you, you are so hype right now. Look at you all wound up over the Twitter feeds. <laughs> like, like, it's like the magic shit all over again, y'all. 
No, but um, I no I seriously, agree like if, I agree with you. I'm agreeing with you. RZA had to spend how much for his base ass mixing board? The thing that you can get on an old smartphone? He had to finance that shit. I mean, in all fairness, a smartphone nowadays is probably like. It due to inflation, like equivalent to what RZA paid for that mixing board. Not a it's, five, six, seven-year-old uh, smartphone. A five, six, seven-year-old smartphone. That mixing board he bought was like buying a shitty car. And I don't care if it's shitty; it's still a fucking car. <laughs> I, all I'm saying is, look, if you out here buying like you know iPads and shit and making music. SoundCloud rappers are doing now, like it's it's around the same price. It's just the it's way more convenient now. You have a lot more availability. Like what I think is interesting. Yeah, because back in Rock Kim's day, all you could do was get. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, producers literally had to curate their sounds, right? Like they had to snatch. Yeah, they had more than two. And like. Nowadays, you got sound packs that'll come with all kinds of cut samples and shit that you can use. And that does create an environment that allows for things to be more developed and have more depth than what they did back in the old school generation. Yeah, because they had two fucking records! (laughs) But... And you know what the funny thing denied. is? To use those two records effectively still takes more skill than a lot of the beat making it takes today. I don't know if I would argue that. And that's almost like saying that... It's a totally different skill. It's an anybody, ear versus physical dexterity. But that's but. like saying anybody that can play four chords on a guitar is just as good as Jimi Hendrix, right? Like... Just because you learned how to play the guitar doesn't mean... No, you're, you're good enough to be that guy. Maker. Yeah, just like anybody can make beats now. That's my point. It's the equivalent to playing guitar, right? Like, yeah. It doesn't... Just because it got easier to learn how to do and to do doesn't mean that you're There's a difference between somebody who says, yeah, I make beats versus somebody who says, yeah, I'm a producer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, anybody who can make, you know, quality beats probably has experimented with doing the old method for the artistic value right because there is an artistic value i'll tell you our the 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 producer that made our intro racks like he cert i don't know if he's ever scratched before he probably experimented it because i know he owns vinyl i know he owns vinyl I'm sure he's definitely run a vinyl set before, right? Because anybody who gets into it, just like all boxers, shadow box, right? Just like you've air drummed before. Duh. It's like... Well, air drumming is different than any other air instrument because air drumming is legitimate practice. You're just following a beat. I mean, I would argue air guitar is equivalent in the sense that you're learning, like, cadence and how to like if you're actually like practicing real chords while you're like doing air guitar well I was practicing power chords which is essentially just slamming your fingers on the (laughs) fretboard anyway so hey and there are certain guitarists who are well known for slamming Kurt Cobain Johnny Ramone 
uh, speaking of artists who are well known for their uh, their accomplishments, Drake, new school artist, writes. Oh yes, this was the major thing that nobody listens to Biggie and Tupac anymore. Well, Drake gave some strong evidence for that argument by producing more streams than what? According to Billboard, Drake is not only resetting existing patterns on the streaming charts, but he is also outperforming entire decades of music. In 2021, the OVO artist generated more on-demand streams in the United States than all pre-1980 records combined. So let me let me contextualize that. The study examined 988.14 billion U.S. streams from 2021. It gave a decade-by-decade breakdown to demonstrate how older albums by new artists are becoming increasingly in vogue in terms of streaming metrics. Last year, the catalog industry accounted for over 70% of consumption defined as released 18 months or older, yet 90% of those units came from albums published since 2000, right? So people aren't even fucking listening to older music. And by older, you mean 90s Pre- and before? 80s, Pre two- 80s and before. Okay. So like, yeah, anything pre-80s, right? So 70s. Be- because millennials, at least my delegation in my age range, refuses to call 90s rock classic rock. We refuse. Even though- It's 90s rock. Even though it's almost 50 years ago. The 90s? Only 23. Only. But we refuse to call that shit classic rock. It is 90s rock. 90s alternative, actually. <laughs> Only 0.6% of music released between 1950 and 1979 received streams. 0.6% of the 988 billion streams that they exist. Drake alone accounted for 0.8% of total streams since 2021. So that would be roughly 8.7 billion streams. 0.9% of 999 billion? 0.8. Yeah, it's about 8.7 streams. 8.7 billion streams. 8.6 billion. That's what it said. Damn, my mental math is good. I'm really fucking proud of myself. Again. This shit is crazy to me, son. Crazy to me. One artist, one, and it's probably not just Drake, right? But this is just to prove a point that one artist alone was able to outstream all music prior to, in, in, in all honesty, and here's my hot take, in all honesty, it's not that surprising. I want to know people to listen to music from the 1950s is equivalent to asking us to listen to music from like the early 1900s. 
Like, you're not hopping on a fucking gramophone, my nigga, and listening to old-time rag hop. You're not I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I know and I respect Robert Johnson, but I have never gone no. into Spotify and searched Robert Johnson. How many people do you really know that... And, like, and I'm saying this as a person who has a taste and an appreciation for, like, old blues music, but how many people do you know is really going back and listening to this I'm not. It's not. And if you do... Because I'm listening to music that has more than two sounds. I like... And Rakim was making bangers with two sounds. I like big band music, right? Like Cab Calloway and all that kind of shit, right? But it's rare that I'm going and picking that out if Lil Baby just dropped a new joint. However, I'm going to say this, though. If you are gonna go out on a town, you are more you are more likely to go to a big band bar or a big band ball than to see another hip hop concert. Because for you, not true. Really? No. Depends on the hip hop concert. Though. It depends on. The I, I feel like you would wanna. I feel like you would wanna go for like the experience. No, because while you don't check so- for big band stuff like that when you're listening to music, you probably be like. So, I feel like I need to dust off my smoking jacket. I will correct your statement in saying that if I received an invitation to go to, let's say, the Hollywood Bowl and watch a, a big band performance, I would absolutely fucking go. I'm not talking like a big band performance, like in a. I'm talking, you go, you get to go, and it, basically it's like walking into a Heineken commercial. No, where not, it's like the big band is playing and it's a super lively fucking crowd, except it's not all white people like yeah, in the Heineken no, commercial. I'm talking about some uh, Ricky Ricardo type shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm absolutely down for that. No, there's not, not, I would not, yeah, I would put on the fucking, like, what you say, the smoking jacket? And yeah. And I would enjoy myself. But that's if I received the invitation to go to this shit. By the way, I really, really, really want to go to a jazz bar. Like, no joke. I've been wanting to do that for the longest. Have busboys and poets. Like, well, I guess, I, I don't know if you would call it a jazz bar. To bring it back, though, the fact that Drake single-handedly outperformed, like, what, like, two decades worth of music is crazy when you look at the power of hip-hop and who is really commanding that. If there's anything that's really changed, at least in the world of sports, and I know it's changing a lot in the rest of the world, is we've understood the importance of statistics and data. This article was from thirstyfornews.com, but like I said, they're pulling their data from a billboard uh, article. They're pulling their data from a billboard article. Yeah. Um... But it's mostly like hip hop focused, and it mentions some other shit about like NBA Youngboy. And as we know, um, XXX Temptation has the most streamed album on Spotify, right? So it just to me it speaks to the dominance of hip hop as a genre. I don't like to brag because I appreciate rock music, but hip hop as a genre completely killed rock music. <laughs> Just as video killed the radio star, um, now you have Machine Gun Kelly and the likes of such trying to... Uh, Don't give him to us. 
He's not. He's not. He's not. What Eminem did to him. Nope. He's not one of us. <laughs> he's not one of us. And we're not giving up the draft rights to Eminem. He said he's done doing rock music. He's going back good. to rap music. Um, good. Good luck to you. I say as a person. Who like, good luck to you being remotely respected doing that again. Listen. Eminem did to MGK what Eminem did to cannabis. No, what Eminem did to cannabis was way worse than what Eminem did to MGK, dog. Like... No, How about you remind everybody what Eminem did to cannabis? Disaster, put, this, put this culture in context. What disaster did to cannabis was way worse than what Eminem did to cannabis. Your mom got on me. He's like, oh my God, dude. He said some wild... Dude, okay, so do you watch uh, Battle Rap at all? You don't watch any Battle Rap. Nah, nah, I can tell by your face. That you did not I've, I've, I'm just starting to get into the watching the YouTube thing, man. So that was the worst battle I've ever seen in my life for one person all together. Well, my docket has um, Roe v. Wade and a list of secret rares in Yu-Gi-Oh. So I think we have one topic left. So speaking of the worst battles ever in history, Roe v. Wade is back in the news um, for all the wrong reasons, but all the reasons I'm sure you would expect, considering yep. Roe v. Wade is back in the news. Why else would it be in the news? Because, hey, guess what? It's just been the law for 50-something years. Hey, guess what? There are people out there that don't think women should be allowed to decide what they can do with their own bodies. And Five of them, exactly. That's the same. Five of I'm them. Taking. That's the stance I'm taking. Because, what other reason? We literally just went through a whole fucking movement where a bunch of the same fucking people, right, decided that the government shouldn't be able to tell people whether or not they should get this new vaccine because you know it's new and it's sketchy. And I don't understand what any of this coronavirus stuff really is anyway. I've definitely heard a pro life person who shall not be distinguished say, My body, my choice regarding the vaccine. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Is it except it's, it's not ironic. No, it's not. It just shows selfishness. It's been their play. Like it's been it's been a part of their playbook for the longest fucking time, dog. Like it's the way this section this An entire group of the they're, they're looking operates. like you can help me being my selfish fucking asshole my more? As long as it doesn't stop me from being a selfish fucking asshole, great, let's work together as two selfish fucking assholes. But that's the whole point, right? Is these people who are forcing us to live the way, and not us, right? Because me and you, that's, and I, I don't know. And probably our listeners too. Haven't figured it out yet, but we're both men. <laughs> Okay. Because as we roll back into talking about I'm just going to say that my government email that I'm using for my political campaign is it's, no it's, it, it, Yeah, the, the email signature is, is go beyond plus go ultra. Go beyond, did I say go one? Go beyond plus ultra. And the... Uh, the not nearly the, as offensive as what I was The email 
logo is a picture of All Might flexing. So, like, if you if if anybody Very had like chat. a constituent Very, question, Very they would definitely just email me and see a picture of All Might. You know like, what I think is extra funny about that is you chose like the anime version of Chad to be your avatar for your political campaign. Right? You are so like anti-Chad, it's not even funny. Right? That's what makes it the best part. Like, you have to remember, uh, like, All Might's special attacks are like, Oklahoma! Like... <laughs> Um, Detroit the Smasher! Yeah, no, what's not smashing is this uh, Supreme Court justice document that is pretty much. I want to touch on the leak part. So, later. Fox News. Um, right? Like I'm, gonna, I'm sure I'm going to take on. a different aspect than Fox News. Um, because we don't want to focus on why, once again, we are telling women what they can and can't do with their bodies. That is we... clearly topic number one, two, three, four, five, A, B, and C of this issue. However, the journalism aspect is an aspect that I do want to touch on after all of the main topics are taken care of. I mean, but let's talk about the fact that what is actually happening here and what a lot of women are rightfully upset about is the access to safe and abortion. Right, like, and it's because people who want abortions are going to get them. They're either going to get the ba- back alley ones, it. or they're going to go out of country. Well, now, now you even have like the FDA even went and took the step to make it legal for the abortion pill to be mailed online, and, and you know, I think up to like ten weeks they said without the consultation of a doctor, so you could just buy that shit. Um, I'm not. I'm sure it's not as simple as just being able to buy that shit. But I mean, I, I'm almost, almost certain that it is like some shit that you just get off Amazon. <laughs> and if not, I'm pretty sure if you just go through a VPN, you can find it anyway. Right. Um, but so once again, touching back on that point, is the people who are making these laws. Once again, these men. The, it's not just men, though, right? Like, there are women who are participating in this shit, too. Let's not forget that. Uh, the ones in the Gucci footed boots that stuck their line to the front of oppression? What is the uh, the woman who they just confirmed? Not the Biden appointee, but the Trump appointee that everybody was upset about. I, I, I don't know. It got rushed through so quick, I can't even remember. Amy Coney Barrett. That's yeah, right. Yeah, right? Like, you know, she's a part of this whole shit, too, you know? So. It's, but these people have the access, right? Like, if they need to fly out of the fucking country to go get that shit taken care of, they'll go do that, right? Uh, it, it's poor people. It's people who can't afford to go out of state, right? Or now maybe, like, two states over, right? Because Oklahoma is looking to put a uh, put in an abortion ban in the same style as Texas. There's an Oklahoma City Thunder joke I can make there, but I'm not. Something <laughs> But these politicians, right, these uh, these donors, they will be able to, your Matt Gates, right? Like, Matt, your boy Matt Gates. My- not your boy Matt Gates. Come on now, calm down. Your boy Matt Gates was out there literally trafficking. <laughs> right? Literally trafficking. And had the nerve to hop on Twitter and say that the same women who are championing, you know, pro-choice 
are, what did he say, overeducated and underloved millennials that go home to their lonely lives and cats when they're done protesting and shit. Let me guess, Matt Gates also said that everybody was racist against an African-American buying Twitter. Who is not, it turns out, buying Twitter all by himself to cut in here to this very discussion, or this very serious discussion with a little bit of a tangent, um, but is also secured some of the funding for that. Elon is not paying for all that by himself, is what I'm trying to tell you. And a lot of, a decent amount of that funding is coming from um, dignitaries from foreign countries that suppress free journalism and freedom of speech. Um, oh. So, yeah. Great. Once again, for everybody who thinks it's okay to make Elon cool now. <laughs> cool. I think my reaction tells you everything you need to know about how I feel about that. Um, and I think the reaction of the country to the news of this leak tells the Supreme Court justice everything they need to know about the climate and the temperature of how the people really feel, right? And this was something that I think was somewhere in the 70 to 30% like approval to disapproval rating. Like the country unanimously agreed that uh, safe and legal abortion access was something that we all could get behind. Yeah, right? which is kind of funny that, uh, you know, one of the justices, Clarence Thomas, who I'm willing to bet voted down Roe v. Wade, says that the faith in the institution of the Supreme Court is failing. You don't fucking say. I'm also willing to bet that Clarence Thomas is probably paid to have a secretary get an abortion before. Uh, um, so it's funny to me that we exist in a world where there, it's almost like the conservatives think they are the Sith Lords, right? And they can literally just come out and say whatever they want and wave their hand in front of our faces and be like, we're doing this for the children as they steadily like steal funding from the public education system. I was going to um, say the Sith Lords... I, for parents to, like, work and provide... I was going to say that it's, like, they're not the Sith Lords because the Sith Lords know that they're evil, and then I realized, yeah, it's totally of the Sith Lords. It's evil. totally the Sith Lords. They, of course they fucking know they're evil, dude. They literally go out and say that they are making, um, they're removing... The, you know, they're trying to repeal Roe v. Wade because they can, they care about children and um, life begins at conception and all of this shit. But it's not the first time that we've heard that that's as far as they go, right? Like once the child is born, they don't give a fuck what happens to them. They just want you to have them, right? You know, so have the kid. All right, now you have them. You're off on your own, bucko. Two bootstrap, pick them up. Does government help you with shit? No, absolutely the fuck not. Why would we do things like make... And when it all comes down to it, eventually they're going to have to stop pretending like they're the good guys. Because Clarence Thomas saying that stupid shit about people not respecting like the institutions anymore and how they're not going to be bullied out of their decision. It's like they are not 
they are not the Lord. It's literally like they forget their positions, right? Like it, you, they're servants of the people. Their will is to respect, and, and this is why people have a problem with the like upper educated, right? Or like the people who claim to be scholars and experts and things, right? Because they get this sense of arrogance about them that lead you to say stupid shit like fucking people don't respect the institutions when the people are overwhelmingly not it's not the institution they don't respect it's your opinion <laughs> it is this judgment right and it's i'm not saying that we should always fall to the will of the court of public opinion right but in an instance like this when we are literally he what else did he say he said some shit like um they're correcting a they're correcting a um position that shouldn't have been taken in the first place or some wild shit right like that and it's like how do you as a black man sitting in one of the highest positions in the land that we that, that we inhabit right now Right, like that we are citizens of. One um, of the top 600 most powerful people in the country. Say some dumbass shit like that. <laughs> Especially in regards to what people can do with their own bodies, right? Like, that's what I really, like, I, I, I hate to get, like, super serious like this after the end of, like, such, uh, you know, a lighthearted episode. Ha ha, ha 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 But... This shit is crazy, dog. Like, there, it is literally the minority taking a stranglehold on the country from the from the majority. Uh, the super activated base that has kind of like bulldogged their way through with their agenda, and it really makes me upset because our officials are doing nothing about it. Right? That's that's the upsetting part. It really feels like the Democrats, to an extent, are kind of just like washing their hands of the matter, right? And this is where I want to clue in on the journalistic perspective. Okay. I was, I jumped into the fray of a comment section on a post. You know, we all know how dangerous that is. Just diving into the flood is one would say. So, a friend of mine who I frequently disagree with on Facebook, but we usually come to a consensus after anywhere between tw 10 and 20 comments that become less contentious as it goes along, uh, as so it after should. You, after you guys stop trying to one-up each other. Uh, he, well, this is, this is the initial uh, comment, but he said, yeah, this is literally the most obvious distraction they've tried. Timing is suspect, and so is the overall scenario. Documents would have come out anyway by June, except they would be finalized. So, uh, he also said, said that it's not like when Snowden leaked relevant documents that we never would have seen. This is specifically to make a show right now at, the per at this time. To which I respond, since the decision isn't finalized, that's probably exactly why they did it. The court will have to see public opinion before the ruling becomes official. If it wasn't leaked, 
The court would have made the judgment with no chance for the public to voice their opinions, and that would be that. This is one of, if not the most, controversial ruling in U.S. history. This is why investigative journalism is important. An inside no, source, absolutely. an inside source, felt that it was important enough for the public to know about this before it goes into effect. Sometimes the best thing to do is to make a show, and that was probably the rationale of the source, and absolutely the mind of the journalist. I'm not talking clickbait journalist. I mean real journalist. Your Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein type. Oh, absolutely. This is totally that level of journalism, and that is why journalism is important. And that's what Trevor Noah was trying to explain to everybody when he did the correspondence hosting. Just a couple of what last. I really hope you all remember what the real purpose of this evening is. Yes, it's fun. Yes, we dress nice. Yes, the people eat, they drink, we have fun. But... The reason we're here is to honor and celebrate the Fourth Estates and what you stand for, what you stand for, an additional check and balance that holds power to account and gives voice to those who otherwise wouldn't have one. And, and, and like, I'm not just talking about like CNN or Fox or any of the other major organizations, I'm talking about everyone. You know, the young journalists we saw today, you know, intrepid journalists who aren't even in this room in Flint, Michigan, or that daring reporter at the Des Moines Register, or the unflinching local newscaster in El Paso, Texas. Every single one of you, whether you like it or not, is a bastion of democracy. And if you ever begin to doubt your responsibilities, if you ever begin to doubt how meaningful it is, look no further than what's happening in Ukraine. Look at what's happening there. Journalists are risking and even losing their lives to show the world what's really happening. You realize how amazing it is. Like, in America, you, you have the right to seek the truth and speak the truth, even if it makes people in power uncomfortable, even if it makes your viewers or your readers uncomfortable. You understand how amazing that is? I stood here tonight and I made fun of the President of the United States, and I'm gonna be fine. I'm going to be fine, right? <laughs> like, do you, like, do you really understand what a blessing it is? Maybe it's happened for so long that you, it might slip your mind. It's a blessing. In fact, here, ask yourself this question. Honestly, ask yourself this question. If, if Russian journalists who are losing their livelihoods, as you were talking about, Steve, and their freedom for daring to report on what their own government is doing, if they had the freedom to write any words, to show any stories, or to ask any questions, if they had basically what you have, would they be using it in the same way that you do? Ask yourself that question every day, because you have one of the most important roles in the world. Just the people that are complaining about the leak and saying that it questions the institution are the same people that have money in the pockets from conspicuous sources. And they're also the same people that question the quote unquote Joe Biden's ministry of truth, right? Like he's making a specific um, wing or however you would call it. Adding transparency to government operations. Well, he's adding a specific bureau to fight disinformation and stuff like that. 
Good. And accountability for. He probably came up with it in his dreams. But there, no. According to them, he got it from George Orwell. Can you imagine, (laughs) like Joe Biden in his coffin, like right, like because he's already dead, like. So are we saying he's a vampire? Or no, 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 no. We're saying he's a corpse, and then every like eight hours they inject adrenaline into his heart. So he, he comes up, and then like within like two minutes, he signs all the shit, and sometimes makes a decree, and then they're just like, "All right, cool, let's, you know, type this up into an executive order." I'm not opposed to the idea that Joe Biden is one of the Disneyland president, like, wax figures, robotic, like, animatronic robots, like, sentient, become sentient. Like the fucking Dr. Ivo and Young Justice. (laughs) And accidentally stumbled into being, like, so this theory would have to go back to him accidentally stumbling into befriending Barack Obama and then running as <laughs> <laughs> vice president. Um, playing the long con, I guess, because then he was, like, what, senator from Delaware or some shit? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I watched the White House correspondence that are a little bit. I watched Trevor Noah's monologue, and he was like, you know, I think it's kind of uh, clever that you chose me to host uh the White House Correspondence Dinner because the last time your public approval ratings were so high, you were also standing next to a light-skinned black man. (laughs) (laughs) But Trevor Noah also did go on to say how important journalism and free speech is in this country and the fact that he got to make fun of the president is yeah. something that should never be taken for granted. No, absolutely not. Uh, especially not when we exist in a country where, or exist in a time where a journalist from our country flew back to his home country and was murdered for speaking out about some of the atrocities in his home country, right? Um, and one of the... I can sympathize with officials. anus freedom canter on that. One of the uh, high-ranking officials from said country where Jamal Khashoggi was murdered also happens to be one of the investors that is helping Elon Musk buy Twitter. Just to let you guys, uh, just to keep things in Also, just to keep things in context, I'm fairly certain that if the Celtics win the championship, Enos Freedom Cantor still gets a ring. Um, you know who should be allowed to... He was also at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. You know who shouldn't have to go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner to, Venus Cantor. to make a scene or to be able to be heard? Uh, women who want to be able to choose what they do with their own body. Um, and before we really continue on this, anybody that uh, said my body, my choice to the vaccine and is for this overruling, just take several seats. You know, the ability for people to collectively speak out um, about the injustices that they're facing and to be able to organize with a community that will help fight for their rights is really something that this country is based on. And as we continue to move... Yeah, we have the most punk rock founding story imaginable. As we continue to, well, I mean, not just that, but, like, when you think about, like, the labor movements of, like, the early 1900s after the industrial boom in this country, right, that, um, founded some of, that, that laid the foundation for the working class movement and the structure of society that we have today, 
right? A lot of that is based off of the early labor strikes and things like that. And um, some of the protests that came out of that are what laid the foundation for women's suffrage and, you know, the civil rights era. The minimum wage, the standard work day, right. no child labor. Uh, you know, and... Uh, Thanks to Dynamite for helping with that. Shout out to this day in history, one week from today, last week. And not, not to, you know, we're not advising anybody to go dynamiting. Hi, Ted. (laughs) But I'm also not putting it out of the realm of possibility. There's a non-zero chance. I mean, motherfuckers go to bomb abortion clinics all the time, right? Yeah, that's fair. uh, But... Catholic churches, watch out. Something else I think is bomb is unions. Um, you know, a couple of what was it, uh, Amazon workers in New York or New Jersey just recently. Won yep. The, right the first, the first uh, Amazon plant to make a union. I'm pretty sure right now it's just that one plant. But you sent me another unique group who so, might be considering a union. So Morgan, to end the episode on a lighter note. A sexier note, for sure. Uh, I feel like sexy is the wrong word to use following up a story about Rosie. Strippers in Los Angeles have recently gone on strike to... According to an article from BuzzFeed.com, a couple of the dancers at the Star Garden in Los Angeles would like to become one of the only unionized clubs in the country, right? Um, A couple of the dancers not too long ago went on strike demanding safer work environments and better treatment as far as they uh, their work life were concerned yeah um so they went on strike and they began negotiations with the star garden management on may 3rd over the recognition of their union they're looking to unionize in order to you know have a collective voice to argue their demands um but according to buzzfeed star garden management had not yet um spoken out to give their side of everything yeah and i mean like the quality of accommodations for dancers at a club vary from club to club very greatly Very, very greatly from club to club. Actually, quite surprised, right? Not like let me let me let me put you. I'll give you some context real quick. McDougal's, their dressing room, doesn't even have a fucking curtain. I'm not surprised. Neither am I. It's McDougal's. Right. Uh, They have a BYOB policy. Like also not surprised that uh, strippers aren't unionized, but I. I'm kind of surprised that strippers waited this long to unionize, and they're not the first strippers to um, go on strike for unions. It's been 25 years since the last strip club unionized in, um, at the Lucky Lady in San Francisco, right? Uh, the Peep Show Club was shut down in 2013 uh, after they were unable to keep up with the rising rents of the landlords who also owned most of San Francisco's strip clubs and declined to negotiate with them. Um, oh, so but, he basically just said, fuck you yeah, in particular. Yeah, but Strippers United and 
the strippers organization Beck and the Star Garden Dancers was founded by Antonio Crane, who worked at the Lusty Lady when it was unionized. So the owner of the club... No, no, the the dancer from the from the strike in 1996... That owns founded, this club? No, 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 no. The dancer who founded the first strippers union back in 1996 is backing the girls who are looking to form a union for this strip club now. Oh, I thought you said that this was a male strip club. No, no, this is two women, right? Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, what did I say? Antonia Crane, who worked at the Lusty Lady in 1996 when it unionized and helped form Strippers United, is now helping the girls at Star Garden to form their union. Uh, the nation of the nation... Alright, so here's my take on this. Here's my take on this. If there is any group that should talk to the business about how they should be treated, it's probably the business with the most intimate interactions with customers imaginable. Well, yeah, absolutely, right? Like, you would think, that's why I said it's, it is kind of, it's just a little wild to me. Right, that strippers don't have unions, but of course. Like, can you, you know, think of a of a legal job that has more inter- intimate interactions with somebody than a stripper? That, that's what, so what I was gonna say earlier is there are probably more unions for things like fucking beauty pageants and stuff like that than there are like strippers, right? And it's that's just a wee bit wild. It's really, thinking about it, it is. Like, at that point, it really just comes down to, like, how much do you believe in the morality of the bouncers? Yeah. Yeah. But that's the way we look at it, right? Because if you're dancing naked for money, then why should you have the collective right to, you know... Why should we respect your agency? Why should you be treated with fairness, right? How are you any... But how is that any different than somebody who, you know, climbs in septic tanks for a living? (laughs) Right? Like... Why should we respect your agency? You smell like shit. No, like, yeah. Or, like, fucking, uh, trash men or something like that, right? Why should we respect your agency? You are a person of color. Thanks, history. And even that is uh, offensive, not what you just said, but comparing stripping to being, like, uh, a waste removal person. Like, I, I don't know what's more offensive me picking those two jobs and comparing them to each other. Well, no, like, like, you can take it to pretty much any union. Like, I mean, like, why should we help you? You work at a casino. You feed gambling addictions. Exactly, right? It's like when we were working... Like, why should we help you? You work on a dock. You're you're just manual labor. Or cashiers, right? Like, when we were working at CVS, they actively told us to, you know, report anybody that came in trying to talk to us about unionizing, right? Like... And, and I'm just going to say, on record, late night, if it was me and Doc working, y'all could have fucking robbed the place. We would have just been like, all right, cool. No Get his checkers on the way out. No <laughs> Yo, um, you, you know the Rite Aid and Crofted and, like, how wild that place was, or did you never hear about it? I don't, I can't say I recall There's a video. I used to know, like, everybody who worked there, like, like Pat... I'm going to save last names like Pat, Mike, Jack, Ryan, and um, 
What was his name? I think his name was... We'll go with Steve. I remembered his name before, but he was just like the guy that worked with all of my friends and he, he was like the assistant manager. And you can watch a dude who just had a bag full of shit that he did not pay for walk out the door as Steve walks in through the door and Steve holds the door open for him. <laughs> You know, I'm not gonna lie, there was plenty of times where I was walking at CVS when people walked in and then walked out with, like, whole carts and shit, and I just stood behind the counter, like... Fuck the corporation. Damn, Lost Prevention gonna have some shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm supposed to care. But... How long did you work there, by the way? At CVS, like, five years. Really? Yeah. Damn, we didn't even work there that long together. Nah, nope, not at all. I almost finished out being, um back in the pharmacy until I got fired for being late all the time. Um, That's five. We were always late all the time. <laughs> yo, no, fuck that. The fucking I was borderline was falling asleep by the end of shift. Yo, the fucking manager told me you've been late. You've been late a total of five minutes over the span of three months. I've got to let you go. I was like, I'm sorry. Did you say five minutes over the span of three months? And she said, yeah. And I was like, Fuck this job. <laughs> 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 Suck my whole ass dick. Now, I'm assuming you actually did say fuck this job. Yes, I did. I don't know if you said the last part. No, I didn't say that. No, but I, I should have. But she was a lesbian, so there was no Nikki. way she was going to suck my I wasn't going to name her. Also, I, I don't know if it's offensive to assume she wouldn't suck my dick because she's a lesbian. <laughs> I'm saying there was no point in saying it because she was a lesbian. There was no way. Also, I felt really offended because I'm only 5'7 and she called some dude in who was like fucking like at least your height and probably like 250 pounds. Now, and he was I want to say something. Her. No, this nigga was standing behind her like lurch, son. And I'm just <laughs> like, the fuck is this even necessary? Like, why do you have him here? You think I was gonna go ape shit? I don't give a fuck about this place. It's because she's racist. <laughs> you thought she was racist? No, I'm just going off of like the anytime like, oh, black person's opinion dismissed by white person. I'm just like, yeah, racist. Even though it's not always true. It's just, it's like every time I go to media, like MCS class. We walk in with questions, we leave with more questions, and at the end of the class, just kind of shrug and go, eh, capitalism. So, do you think capitalism will win out here with the girls at the Star Garden, or do you think they have a chance to actually set a trend here now that the bargaining chips are a little bit more on the side of the worker and not the, the employee and not the employer? Depends on how fast the employer can hire 30 girls that are willing to work in COVID with inflation and, you know, knowing all their dancers are going against them to unionize and that they could easily get an OnlyFans and not have to you know dance and yeah if the owner can get 30 of them at least 30 I'm sure for 7 days in a week and Fridays and Saturdays are busy and ain't none of hold on I want to say, pick up on something you said earlier. It was way earlier, but like, 
Never in my life, and this is something that makes never me want to like, never life. in my life have I really never walked, alright, never in my life have I really walked into a room out of picking my nephew up from school where I felt like I could kick everybody's ass in the room. <laughs> Are you tying it back to when I said I would beat the shit out of Bill Maher and Jeffrey? Yes. Cause I can totally See, the thing is, is like, I don't know <laughs> if I was in the, the room with Kelly A. Conway and Bill Maher and, 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 uh, like, I don't know if I'm kicking all their asses. I'm like, like, the thing is, is, like, I might try to, like, even though I hate him, but, you know, like, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, I'd probably find a way to, like, team up with Bill Maher and convince him to take the other two out. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, good job, Bill Maher, and then just go, like, across the, the throat with I don't high think hit women, but I might punch Kelly in the face for every woman in this country, right? Just, just one. It would be like a spirit bomb punch with all of the energy from women across Faith the Michelle Obama. <laughs> and then like all the women in the country all of a sudden are just like, oh, I feel weird as if something's leaving my body, except it's everything evil. Be gone. And then the next thing you know, like the entire white room, like two thirds of it is covered red because you just falcon punched the shit out of Kelly and Conway and yeah. beat the hell out of Bill Maher with the pistol. In the old time, Toby Ingway is playing in the background like, try Jesus, <laughs> don't try me, cause I throw hair. What would your murder spree song be? Uh, something like DMX, I don't know. Really? <laughs> it would have to be aggressive? What do you want me to do? Murder people to the Happy Days theme song? No. Mozart. Raquiem Laquimosa. What the fuck do you think this is? Hitman 4? Mafia 3? More like a noir film directed by Judd Apatow. You think my movie would be directed by Judd Apatow? No, but I think you would be an executive producer on a movie, on a noir movie produced by Judd Apatow. Because you'd be like, that sounds just meta and potentially woke enough to work. I don't... A noir movie by Judd Apatow? How serious a fart joke would it be? <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Pause. <laughs> Noir movie by Judd Apatow. That's just more proof that... None of this is, is normal. For anybody who wants Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, Flush Your Blood, board games, or any of the card supplies necessary, check out TokenMTG.com, use the promo code Ziggy, and get 10% off of your order. And don't forget to listen to... Fucking I'm 40, our sister podcast, and... Straight No Chase, the IG show, every day live at Wednesday. And you know where you can find us, at the Flood Pod on everything. And that is on everything. I've been Signature Doc. And I've been Ziggy. Don't forget to email us your questions at thefloodpod at gmail.com. And if you feel like really helping us out, we have our Patreon active again. Patreon.com slash the flood pod and don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a review if you really liked it if not just go on about your day because you don't need to spread the hate there's enough hate we appreciate the listens regardless just remember to keep your death threats to 140 characters or less and we'll catch y'all next week deuces
Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Wait, why can't we talk about <laughs> it black It is time to